Well, welcome to episode number 343 of the Hunt Backcountry podcast. This is Mark, and I'm joined by Steve today as we recap our recent spring bear hunt in Idaho. This is a hunt that we just returned from, and there's so much going on that we wanted to kind of quickly uh, share the story with you guys, some of the lessons learned, and highlight the adventure that we had and what ended up being an actually very short hunt. Uh, to give you the sneak peek, Steve and I both filled our bear tags on the first evening of the hunt at pretty much the same time, and now found ourselves with two bears down to take care of and then pack out. So it was a great adventure. We put on some miles, spent some time behind the glass, learned some lessons even in that short period of time, and then obviously found success in the end. So I hope you guys enjoy hearing the story. Uh, if you have any questions for us um, from this or our hunt or the gear we used or anything like that, look for the link in the show description to share your question with us via SpeakPipe, which is an easy way to leave an audio message for us, or you can also send an email as well. So look for those links in the show description. Also, we will have some stories kind of recapping this hunt with photos over on our Instagram page, which is at Hunt Backcountry, and you can look for a link for that in the show description as well. As always, guys, we do appreciate you tuning in. Your support of the show uh, is really helpful for us, and that's why we keep doing it. If you are enjoying the show, consider sharing it with a friend or leave us a rating or review in your podcast app if you can. But right now, let's go ahead and dive into the recap of our spring bear hunt. Steve, we leave your house at something a.m. I don't know. It was way too late. Real quick, what go? So we, I flew in on Monday. We debated going up that night or waiting till Tuesday morning. What went to the decision to? sleep at your place monday night get up super early and start that way uh well the exo softball game that was supposed to happen got canceled (laughs) (laughs) um yeah we were kind of debating on we ended up needing players so i was like all right let's we'll play and then uh um and then you know sometimes i've driven up to a trailhead and got there at like one in the morning thinking that's a good idea but i'm always better off just like sleep in my own bed get up at three and drive um it's like you just get a little bit better sleep that way so that's what we did we got up at three left my house at man it was like right at 3 30 on the dot which was our goal and then we were to the trailhead by 5 30 uh part of that whole like deal is just being completely packed and ready so went, like literally guns strapped to the packs uh so you get to the trailhead throw the pack on and we're hiking uh, no no lost time or you know last minute sorting gear or, you know getting your food together or anything just ready to go reason i mentioned that i think it's applicable even gosh even guys who like drive it's there's been hunts where i'm like you know we go to colorado and it's like we could drive through the night and get there and then start as a zombie but i I do think there's value and sometimes like starting rested even if that means you're starting a little bit later yeah Um, yeah. not that getting up at 3 a.m is super rested but still yeah i mean get to bed at 10 and get five hours of decent sleep versus is that if you if we would have you know let if the softball game had happened and we would have left and got there at like 12 31 in the morning and then you're sleeping on a you know your backpacking pad and your the anticipation of waking up and going like it just 
you don't get good sleep, but just the few times I've done it, it's always better off just to sleep in the bed and get up and go. Plus, if you do that, then you got to pack up your gear, potentially your gears wet. Right now. Yeah. It takes longer. Anyway, I thought that was worth discussing why we make those decisions sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But yeah, so diving in the weather, you know, the weather forecast was pretty terrible, but really once we started hiking, it was, it was good. It was gorgeous. Um, There wasn't as much snow as I think either of us really expected based on uh, what the forecast had been, not only for that night, but the prior few days. Um, And then I, you know, you had some experience in the area, so I'll let you say, but I feel like it was what maybe you kind of felt like it was start getting huntable at three, four miles in something like that. Um, yeah, it was, it's like th- between three and four is where it's just starts to be like, okay, there could be bears here. Just how the country lays out and it's a lot of rock and steep Canyon, the first part and, um, just not going to be bears there. Yeah. I just remember hiking in, it was definitely a cold morning, you know, once we stopped hiking to glass and that you know, really played into even going back to gear decisions is this was much less of a spring ish spring hunt. than like, I think most are than what I had anticipated again, based on the forecast, it was like packing for November, uh, type conditions. I had puffy pants and glassing mitts and rain gear and, uh, except for the rain gear didn't really need that but certainly the forecast um was pretty bad but uh it was going to be good later in the week so i knew it was going to get a break but i think we got pretty fortunate with the weather compared to what they were saying it was going to be um but yeah so we we hiked in um it probably was yeah past four miles to where we stopped and kind of really started to glass um and it, I think by 9 a.m., uh, we were in there. And I think that's about when we spotted that first bear it was around 9 a.m. Yeah, I think it's it was. So it was right there something. So I remember climbing up after him. And it was like 930 something. Yeah. Didn't take long to uh, to glass him. And then essentially we, we talked ourselves into chasing him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that like that's probably one of the the. Um, greater mistakes yeah greater mistakes i've made in judging a bear in a long time i, I mean i think i first spotted him so mark blonde you know it was a really cool blonde bear up there and he was facing away and kind of had this big fluffy butt and then uh and then i got you on him and then he turned sideways and you could just see the front half of his chest was like not very big you know um and i'm and my immediate like ah it's a small bear and then we just watched him and watched him and uh they're just so freaking tricky that we basically like, it was such a cool color phase bear. He was yeah. um, blonde. I mean, ends up being close to what, you know, pretty color, close color to what you shot. Yeah. But um, it uh, certainly, we talked ourselves into it. <laughs> I mean, you will have to post the video of the, <laughs> uh, the tree that he was rubbing up against. Cause he, he ended up like feeding up to this tree and was rubbing up against it. And, I don't, I mean, it was just like not even using human logic at that point of like still <laughs> thinking that was a nice bear because it was, it would have been a 10 foot diameter tree. Uh, and those just don't exist up in that country. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's pretty if fun. It had to have been like a great sequoia tree for that to be a decent bear. It yeah. just wasn't. I remember like, <laughs> dude, when we, so we're jumping ahead, but when we got up and kind of closed the distance after chasing him, we we're like, that's the tree he was on. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. <laughs> 
uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. So, but and we but, we put in yeah. some effort to go chase that. We did. Guy. I mean, I don't know. It's probably pushing two thousand foot climb, and we um, how this kind of little bowl laid out is the, the main ridge runs north and south, and these this uh, there's little finger ridges that come off, and they form these little basins that are running basically running west. Um, and then, uh, so the south facing portion of that is all kind of sagebrush, north facing is timber. And, um, you know, we're looking at it and looking at how the terrain lays out and what the wind's doing. I'm like, well, if we just go up the right timber side, uh, you know, should be pretty good. And this, this is, uh, um, the same exact area that I killed my bear out in 2020. And so I'd kind of, I hadn't hunted this specific little draw, but actually just one draw over. Uh, and I had a good feeling like, oh, once we get up in there, the trees aren't going to be super thick. We'll get some shooting lanes out of there. Um, and that ended up being a, that climb sucked that mm-hmm. it had three, four inches of fresh snow. And it's this North facing timber. That's still just kind of snows the, you know, we were certainly snow pack in there in spots. Uh, and it was just slick and slipping and sliding. And you're kind of side hilling through that. And that sucked. Um, but then, oh, and yeah, by we, the way, this is already after we'd, went full steve speck and took our pants off to cross water <laughs> skipped yeah. over that which would be yeah. the first of four times but yeah go ahead yeah. <laughs> um yeah so we climbed up there and couldn't find the bear couldn't find the bear couldn't find the bear and then finally located them uh we had this dinky little shooting window um where he was feeding and and uh, we were so close that you were trying to get the gun off the pack and be really quiet uh, and just, yeah, that opportunity of like 15 seconds just slipped by us. And then he just kind of disappeared on us. And then, um, yeah, about an hour later, we relocated him and actually got a decent look at him and was like, oh yeah, that's uh, a small bear. Uh, <laughs> once yeah. you saw him at 200 yards with like, you know, some perspective, uh, and I still was like, yeah, I'll shoot him. Uh, but he didn't present a shot and just kind of boogied on out of there. So, yeah. Uh, but we learned a lot from that. Like we applied that to the afternoon and, you know, um, ended up being successful. So, yeah. So as I mentioned, we had crossed. So the trails basically on the left side of, um, the water, the Creek, and we had to cross over to then chase this bear and it was probably knee deep. I think at the point we crossed, so, um, had to take the pants and boots off and cross and Crocs and, get dressed before we chased that bear, which we did and made that climb, which we did. So we had good elevation, but now we're on, um, the opposite side of the water that we had come in from. So we basically, after realizing number one, not getting that shot opportunity, but number two, it wasn't the bear we were hoping for. Uh, we stayed on that side and kind of glassed back across the entire drainage, um, to the other side for, we probably spent an hour and a half, maybe glassing two hours yeah, at the most. Yeah, sat and, down, glassed, made some coffee, ate some, ate a snack. Um, and immediately uh, I had a, uh, I had a gut feeling that it was going to be a good bear hunt based off of, we've just had really crummy weather and, um, you know, I just knew the bears would, they, the best bear hunting I have is typically right after storms. And we had consecutive days of rain and snow and things like that. So I had a feeling the bears are going to be active if the, if the, we got good weather and the sun came out and that certainly was the case because we, the mm-hmm. second we left that small bear and went and sat down, uh, I mean, before I even did anything, pull up the binos, like, holy crap, there's a bear. And it was three miles away. Um, yeah. And then glass it for a little bit. And like, that's a nice size bear. And then two cubs shoot out of the trees behind it. And like, ah, crap. Uh, and then it wasn't another 30 minutes later, we saw another bear, same situation, 
couple cubs pop out. Um, and, uh, so here, you know, we're 10 30 in the morning and seeing two sows with two sets of cubs and, and that little boar that, uh, we almost, you know, accidentally shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would have been epic if we shot him, dude, cause you walked up on that thing and been like a <laughs> 45 pound dog. You just throw it in the back of your pack. Uh, it'd been, it'd been fun making try to make that look big in photos. So. Yeah. Thankfully things didn't go that direction. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was enjoyable. It was a nice morning, just glassing, like I said, kind of watching the sow and cubs. Um, saw some mule deer back across that side, but we really felt like we needed to be we need to be on that side, but glassing back um, to the side of the drainage we were on, and it's just tough to get perspective um, and actually hunt the side we wanted to be on, which we were currently on, but being able to actually spot bears um, while on that side, so. We descended to the bottom of the drainage, um, did another croc Creek crossing yet again. Um, at this point, we kind of decided to keep working up the drainage to get to a different glassing point. And I felt like I was drinking plenty of water all day. Um, I mean, we had some, like while we were sitting in glass and I had water, had a snack, all that type of stuff. But as we were working our way upstream, uh, to get to this new vantage point, I was like, man, I'm really thirsty. My hands were kind of like cramping and stuff like that. And, uh, we got to, where we were going to glass and took the packs off to sit down. And I was literally getting ready to say like, Steve, you better not spite a spot of bear until I get a drink. And those words didn't get on my mouth and you're like, bear. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, once again, sat down and we talked about this, even in that moment, like sitting there, spotting that bear that quick. I mean, you go like literally, cause then we lost them for a little bit, but you go like, you know, two minutes and just being at the right place at the right time to spot him at that moment, how much fortune is involved with that. Yeah. That's, we've talked about that a lot during the trip of just, it's just so interesting. Sometimes the, um, you know, to be successful, uh, you need these, like, we just had these little tiny glimpses at times where it's like, if we had stopped 10 yards prior or, if you had, you know, one of us had to pee and on the way to hiking to where we sat to where we glass, like you may not have seen that bear. I mean, it's just, uh, it's so random how that works out. Uh, that it just sometimes I could certainly feel where it's like when it's not working in your favor, you feel like it's never going to happen. Um, but I think if you just make enough smart decisions and put all the, the, the odds as best in your favor as you can, then, then things do work out. And I think, you know, on, on bear hunting in particular, and really on, the time of year and the conditions we were experiencing, even if we didn't spot that bear right away, like it was the right move to sit at that vantage point and glass that specific hillside. Right. So, I mean, I mean when we sat down, we intended to be there for two, three hours. Like exactly. This is, so we like, can see this hillside. We're not, let's just sit here and glass and kick back and relax. It's part of the fun thing about spring bear hunting to me is just, it's typically beautiful outside and green flowers everywhere. And, um, just yeah, sit and get, Time behind the glass is typically what it takes. And it, at this point in time, like the green was pretty isolated. So it was just finding those pockets where it's like, oh yeah, like a, if a bear is going to feed, it should, it should get in here at some point. And just putting in the time is, is the name of the game. We just didn't put in much time. We just sat down and saw a bear. So, um, we spotted this bear through the binos. I took a quick look at him through the binos. Gorgeous, gorgeous bear. 
got the spotter out, got some quick uh, phone scope footage, uh, which we can share. And immediately, like, no question, this is a shooter, like 100%. Um, especially after seeing that last bear. And as you said, the coloration was very similar. It was like good blonde cinnamon, like just a gorgeous bear. Uh, but this one was mature, big, totally different, you know, in the head and the ears and the belly and the legs. Like you could just tell it was a good mature bear. And I got, I don't even know what time we started, Steve, but once again, we had to make another croc crossing. Um, we decided to chase them. We somewhat debated on, do we just cross the bottom of the drainage here? And then once we're on his side, kind of sit and wait and hang out. And is he going to feed, you know, kind of down this East West draw towards us, or is he going to feed back up into that draw? Um, I, I wanted to be patient. We had time on our side, but at the same time, I also like, as soon as I saw this bear, I wanted to kill this bear. So (laughs) we ultimately made the decision to, to try and close the distance on him versus just sitting and waiting, which would have been, depending on where we set up and then where the bear fed to would have been a four to 600 yard shots. Um, which if the conditions were all right is totally something I'm confident with. Um, so yeah, we could have sat been patient, probably had that longer shot opportunity, but ultimately decided to, um, to try and close the distance on them. As you said before, Steve, it's, it laid out the same as the other bear uh, that we approached. So um, he was on the south facing slope, which was open up through the bottom was pretty thick. Um, we could go on the north facing slope um, to try and close the distance to him, but it was going to be much thicker, snowy, et cetera. But we did learn a little bit based on the last approach to the other bear that we changed in this approach um, and how, how we got in that timber. You want to talk through that a bit? Yeah. So yeah, first it was probably when you say two o'clock in the afternoon when we first spotted him. Yeah, probably something, something like that. Um, and yeah, like you said, we could have sat back and, and there's just a, a lot of bears in this country. Um, so I felt we we're fairly aggressive that day, right? Like spot the bear. All right, let's go kill it. There wasn't a whole lot of just sit back and wait and debate and things like that. Um, so if it, if I'd have been in other country with lower bear populations, it probably would have been more conservative, you know? Um, but it's like, now it's, this is a really nice bear. Uh, he's on a, a vulnerable hillside for sure. Like if we can get there, he's dead. Uh, it's just a matter of it's two o'clock now we're below him. He's on this fairly open sagebrush hillside, you know, there's certainly trees mixed in there and the thermals are starting to blow up and blow down. The wind was just kind of all over the place, but like I said, we, we approached it with, like once we, we kind of cut that distance to where the bear should have been, I think it was ranging that tree at 600 yards and he would have been between six and 700, but we just couldn't see him how it, how it laid out or from you know below. And there's a little bit of kind of curve to the hillside up there. And, uh, um, yeah, just taking lessons from this, that first morning, we basically climbed too high up into the trees where we just lost the vantage point on that smaller bear. And, uh, you know, you're just trying to look through the trees and you could just see these little patches. And, um, so we were like, well, this, this is going to suck because you could see how brushy and steep it was, but let's just get 20 yards up into the trees and then just work our way side on up this thing. And, um, man, that we went that 600 yards. And I, to give you an idea, 
listening. Um, I think that took two hours, hour and a half, two hours. Uh, yeah, to I go six hundred yards. An hour and a half. I mean, that's uh, that steep, that slippery, that brushy. I mean, it was, we were joking. We were back on Kodiak. It was just crappy. Uh, Grabbing we onto looking, something to stabilize like almost yeah. every step. I think 300 yards into it, we both looked at each other and were just kind of like, this sucks. Uh, like, we better kill this bear up here because, uh, man, this sucks. And, uh, but kept at it and eventually kind of had got to the, like, just got to a spot where, okay, that's where we last saw the bear. And then we could start to see the train lay out a little bit. And we were both like, so it had been like a two hours at this point, I think. Uh, yeah, it had to have been because it's, we didn't shoot them till six. Um, you have to go back and look at the footage, Mark, on yeah, when we'll we have to first videoed him. Um, and, but we needed like a snack. It was a, like a gummy bear time for me. Like I'm blood sugars crashing, just getting shaky. Like, whew, okay, I need a break. I think you were getting lightheaded. Um, so I was getting mad. It was just, it's like one of those things where you're covering yeah. country and you're just annoyed. Like this yeah. is so stupid. <laughs> uh, but we were doing, we were doing the right approach. We could have taken the easier out. We could have gone up the South Ridge and just, you know, it would not have been the safe wind play. Um, you know, the, the smartest approach probably would have just been stay down low, uh, get a good vantage point of that basin and wait for the evening winds to the thermals to come down. And then you could have done a, direct from below approach and probably got it done. Um, but again, we were being fairly aggressive that day. Um, but yeah, we had that snack and then we, and then we climbed like, well, let's, we could see kind of like, well, if we go up a hundred yards, the trees kind of opened up from there and there was more shooting lanes, uh, be able to, the visibility through the trees to that, to that sagebrush hillside, um, than we thought from below. And so we were like, well, let's climb up a hundred side hill, another 200. And then from there, like we'll just sit and wait because the bears if he's on this hillside that's going to be a great vantage point and we didn't go we climbed up like 20 steps from where we were sitting and oh, um all of a sudden i see a, a bear i'm like bear there he is mark and look up and it kind of instantly knew like oh no that's not the same bear it's a much darker brown bear and he was sitting on his butt and threw the binos up and i was like ah never mind small bear small bear like i, I just that was my instant read and then it wasn't another well, maybe 30 seconds after that i caught a glimpse of the the big blonde bear just barely crap i mean go back to that comment about the timing of things mm -hmm. uh, i mean if they're just you know one second one way or the other or my head looking down or up or whatever like you don't catch that bear uh, i think we still would have killed them it just just be able to visibly see him like we were able to make a plan right away and make something happen um so caught him moving and then it was like you were gonna the approach you were going to take to get closer to him, there was certainly like a lot of, it looked like you were going to lose visibility for a little while. So I said, Hey, for I'm sure. going to stand back right here where we're at. I've got good visibility. Check in with me every 50 yards. Um, look back. Which is like I'll, every 30 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it really was. Dude. Like, <laughs> and you had maybe 150 yards to go, like maybe. Um, but man, it was like, I remember, uh, yeah. Anyways, I was, um, well, I guess you can kick it off from there. So you kind of took off and we're just struggling. Like it's Yeah. Like you said, I mean, I knew where I wanted to get ahead, but as you said, I was going to lose the bear for a while. And it, so you threw that idea of like, why don't you go ahead, but I'll stay here, you know, in case the bear feeds in a direction like back towards us or something like that. Cause I was for sure. I knew I needed to close the ground based on where he was currently, but it was going to be, a blind approach for a while. Um, and yeah, it was just, 
I mean, I don't know other way to put it. It's it's side hilling through very steep deadfall and brush and everything is either snowy or wet and you're just grabbing on stuff to try and not slide. And it's just one of those frustrating movements and, you know, somewhat wanting to take my time. Cause it's like, you know, I, I may find a little shooting window where a shot opportunity is there. So it was kind of, kind of good. It forced me to slow down a little bit. Um, so even though we were somewhat being aggressive, I wouldn't say it was necessarily being cautious, but just definitely being aware like the whole time of like, you know, if, if I go another five yards, does that change what I can see or potentially give me a shot opportunity and yeah, kind of keep moving. And I felt like just based on time, I had gone much further from you than I did, um, but didn't. And I knew I was getting much closer to getting a shot opportunity on the bear based on the way the train laid out. If the bear was where he was when I left to kind of cover this ground. And so I got, I got to that point and kind of, um, was just kind of looking and scanning and, you know, it, even going up or down this hillside, like 10 yards, one way or the other really changed what you could see. Um, just because you're looking through the trees and things like that. And so I kind of stayed in an area, um, and it just changed my perspective a few times thinking I should be able to see the bear. No, I can't. Maybe if I just go here, get a different perspective, I will. Um, and then at, at some point, not too long after that, you had kind of caught up with me and then told me that other bear, the darker bear was actually a good, a good mature boar and a shooter. So at that point I knew it was like, Oh, we got, we got two bears in play here right now, which is exciting. Yeah. So for me, this like not, you know, you laughed and I was just glassing that other bear and looking for the blonde bear to pop out. And then that brown bear got up. Um, pause. What's up? Daddy. Yeah. Is it gonna be warm or cold? Warm today. Your outfit looks perfect. Okay, but I'm just but I'm just gonna get into like a tutu or something if okay. it's warm. Okay, sounds good. I have to be Okay. I think we need to leave the tutu talk in there. Leave the tutu talk in there. I'm yeah, doing uh, daddy daycare. The wife's out of town here for, I got, I got him for six nights. Uh, I guess you were here for two of the, for yeah. the for six nights, which was helpful. Uncle Mark was helping out. <laughs> right before uh, uh, your wife left. So your, your daughter who was just talking goes, mommy, what happens when Mark leaves? Who's going to help daddy? <laughs> <laughs> the kids are certain. So last night I was like, I miss Mark. <laughs> That's funny. But um, anyways, yeah. So the uh, you right, you know, not a little bit after you left, that bear popped up, and I was like, "Whoa, misjudged him." You know, it's like here's second one today, where it's like the other one I thought was a medium sized bear turned turned out to be a you know dink, and then this bear just because he was sitting on his butt, and I think just I think he just had his ears kind of perked up, you know, and that was kind of the instant. It's the only thing I saw was the head and the ears going straight up, and I was like, "Yeah, it's not a not a big bear." Um, but when he stood up, all of a sudden I saw his body size and he's waddling around and, um, I had him at 498 yards and I jumped like, I didn't jump. There was a little landing pad, like 10 feet below me, like this little flat three foot ledge in this, you know, 30 degree slope hillside. Uh, and I dropped down there, got the tripod out. It was the first time with the, the, um, chassis and had, it has the Arca rail on it. Right. So I was able to clamp right into the tripod. I had my pack in between me and I was literally had the crosshairs on this bear dialed 
ranged and got my dial. Um, and like the crosshairs weren't moving one inch left and right on this bear. And so I'm just like, uh, you know, I, I lost sight of you at this point. Cause once I kind of dropped down to get that little flat spot and I lost my vantage point of where you were at. Um, so I didn't know what to expect, but basically my, my plan was I'm going to sit here and wait for Mark's gun to go off. Cause I'm assuming he's going to shoot the blonde bear and I'm going to drop this, you know, freaking Brown bear and, uh, we're going to double up, you know, I was just, I was getting freaking excited. And, uh, so I'm just crosshairs on him, crosshairs on him. And I mean, at least 20 minutes go by where, uh, I was actually dry firing practice on the thing, just, uh, um, a couple different times. And, um, uh, finally the bear fed out of sight and then I packed up my stuff and just got to you as fast as I can, which still, you know, fast was relative. It probably took me 30 minutes, um, getting over there. I mean, cause you just, again, slipping, sliding, just nasty. Um, but I caught up to you and then it wasn't 10 seconds after, or basically I caught up to you and said, I don't know where the blonde bear is, but that Brown bear needs to be shot. Let's go kill him. Uh, <laughs> and then we basically like took 10 more steps and it was funny because I saw the brown bear because uh, I knew where he was. And that's where I was looking. He was like 200 yards above where you were kind of looking for the blonde one. And you had seen the blonde bear at the same time. Um, yeah. And so basically uh, you were getting set up to shoot. And then I basically, I just, just kind of reading the situation was like, I need to, I'll have better shooting lanes to kind of follow up and back you up. If I just drop down like 10 yards and, uh, and then I had to cross this little snow patch. Um, so I drop down, get over there while you're getting set up. And then, um, as I'm doing that, I see the blonde bear, uh, and I'm like, Holy crap. They're both right here on the hillside. So I, I just had the wiser quick sticks on my trekking poles, slap that out, had the gun ready chambered. Um, and that bear was so close. There was no ranging needed. I put the crosshairs on it and I kind of check back up at you look back in the crosshairs. I got the blonde bear in the scope. You shoot. Uh, and the blonde bear just drops. <laughs> I was like, Holy shit. I didn't know Mark knew that bear was here. Um, yeah. so I immediately range, uh, the other bear, he was like at two twenty. Uh, I think I just had dialed real quick. I didn't really need to, but dialed is like two and a half or something or whatever called for. Uh, and you know, talk about how awesome suppressors are. Cause you shot and you're not 200 yards from that bear. And, uh, the, the Brown one just kind of picks his head up and looks around like, what was that noise? Uh, you know, it, it obviously it's anecdotal but you know in my experience in the past that had been a regular rifle shot with not being suppressed that bear would have just hightailed it out of there but he didn't he just lifted his head up was looking around and you know i just settled the crosshairs on him made a shot and he instantly freaking dropped rolled down the mountain um and uh that was it it was just like holy crap we just killed two really nice boars not 15 seconds apart yeah that was once you got to me and then like the bears were down, it was all blur and yeah. hindsight being 2020, 20, I feel like we should have communicated better, but right. we also, I don't know, like we know that now. Right. But as you said, you, you came up and you told me that the darker bear was a shooter. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to kill the darker bear. I only want this blonde bear. And I was totally happy if we didn't see the blonde bear and you shot the darker bear. Like I wasn't concerned. It was just, I wasn't going to shoot it. And then, you know, we started to just kind of cover some ground a little bit, but then it happened fast. Like I then spotted the blonde bear, but you didn't know I did. And then you spotted them and you thought I was looking at one and I was looking at that one. It was like, whoa. And so, as you said, I got up, I set up on the uh, quick sticks and shot the blonde bear. And then 
he like he dropped but then moved a little bit and i had to move to get a decent vantage point to look at him and then i was kind of like moving after the shot and then your shot goes off and at first i thought you were just backing me up on this bear but then i looked down at you and i'm like you're not even pointed in the right direction you know like it took me a second to realize that you actually shot the other bear because i wasn't looking up that way at that bear so anyway it was like I just shot a bear. You just shot. Did you shoot a different bear? Cause you weren't looking the right way. And then it was like, Whoa, I just think we doubled, you know, I like, didn't know real that it happened until it was done. And I processed it. It was wild. Uh, yeah. That's pretty rare opportunity, which leads us to my bear died 250 yards away from yours. And we decided it was going to be a really cool opportunity to do a side-by-side photo. And, uh, that was uh that was some work man <laughs> it was yeah. not uh i don't know how heavy a bear was but you and i with the, the whole one two three and yank on the bear and we'd move them you know three feet uh i don't know how long that took but it it sucked like getting that thing because we were it was not like just dragging them downhill or whatever I mean, it was side hill and rocky and steep and yeah uh, in the end glad we did it um it was, it was a good uh I think I joked the next morning. I was like, man, that was one hell of a CrossFit workout getting that bear over there. Yeah. Yeah. My bear just, you know, he tumbled, just died and tumbled down the hill and yours did for a while. It was higher up the hillside, but then kind of hung up on this rock, rock ledge. And we couldn't just let your bear go to the bottom and then get him across to mine because the bottom was so thick and brushy. So we had to, as you said, like side hill, but across a loose, steep hillside with the bear, which again, at multiple points, it was like, I, this photo better be worth it. Cause this is bad, <laughs> uh, but we it did was. it. We got, got yep. a cool photo. And, uh, by this time, man, it was, we were starting to realize, okay, two bears down. We're looking where we're at. We look at what time it is. And it's like, okay, we may or may not get this done before dark. Um, getting the bears done. We knew we weren't going to get anywhere to camp, but so in the mind, um, Bears are down, and then uh, you know I want to say it was like six, six twenty, six thirty, somewhere. Yeah. Um, and the mind immediately goes to, okay, we've got two bears down. Uh, how are we going to cut these up? How are we going to get them in the packs? And then how are we going to get off this mountain? Because um, certainly it's it's dark, uh, or yeah, you know, felt like it was going to be dark by the time we're done. And uh, not, you know, a hundred yards kind of below your bear, there was a legit as we were coming up. There was like a 75 foot rock waterfall cliff yeah um and we knew we wanted to basically skirt above it so we actually like as even before we got to the bears i remember looking across going mark like look at that tree up there that's our point for when we're packing the bears out we need to side hill kind of up and out so we don't if if we're doing this in the dark we don't actually get sucked down into that cliffy spot um so certainly like the mind starts turning you know immediately like how we're gonna get the bear bears off that mountain um and yeah, so we cut them up and it was, um, let's say record speed, man. We cruised, we got through my bear. You immediately knew you're going to do a rug. And, uh, I wasn't sure on mine, but then once I got up to it, I was like, ah, it's a beautiful bear too. Um, I'll do a rug. And then, uh, it had been, you know, it'd been a couple of years since I, um, it's been actually longer than that. Cause the last bear I killed, I didn't rug. We just kind of cut through it real quick and, um, packed it out of there. Um, but so I was like, all right, we'll do my bear first getting a little bit of a experience. You always learn something, right? The first time you do something different and we ended up cutting the whole thing up in 40 minutes, something like that. It was yeah, quick. I think yours was that. Uh, long. Yeah. And then, uh, and then we jumped onto your bear and got him skinned out and 
got them loaded up in the packs uh and we ended up not even having to use headlamps to get back down to the river it was uh it was definitely dark by the time we got to the river but not uh, uh it was nice to be able to get off that mountain not having to use headlamps because so it wasn't bad but just that one little spot was like yeah we don't want to don't want to find ourselves over there it was cool man it was uh i was so it just it was just wild like just to pack all that into one day we had probably covered 12 miles you know once we were back to camp and had seen including the and cubs eight or nine bears and then i had two bears down like it was, it was honestly just kind of like a surreal like did all that just happen in in one yeah. day um <laughs> it was so it was, cool man it was so special yeah it was a pretty cool day i've been very very fortunate um you know again it's like you could say there's a lot of luck that goes into it but there was also a lot of planning um a lot of um you know just call it just smart hunting right like not making um we we're aggressive but not making just bad decisions putting ourselves in opportunities and glassing spots and thinking where the bears are going to be throughout the day and whatnot um but there's yeah it's just amazing the kind of uh, amount of fun you can have in in 24 hours we kind of talked about that on the way out of like uh doing a podcast series on like a 24 hour adventures, you know, cause it's mm-hmm. uh, a lot can be gained. If you think it's like, Oh, I only got one day this weekend. It's not worth leaving town. Uh, you know, if you're only talking three hour driver less, get out there and have an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. We had the bears. Um, it was kind of cool. Like down at the river, there was a snow patch in the shade. So we had them there uh, sitting on the snow all night and it was going to be plenty cold anyway, but uh, set up camp, ate dinner, crawled into bed, probably at 10, 30, 11, something like that. I think, um, I certainly slept hard that night. And then I remember waking up, I never did look at my watch or anything that for timing, but I like woke up at some point and I was like, Oh, it, I can tell it's like getting close to there being some daylight out there and then fell asleep. And then woke up and I was like, Oh yeah, the sun's like starting to come up and then fell asleep and then woke up and I was like, Oh, the sun's out. And I was like, Steve's still sleeping. So I fell asleep again. And we, I think both of us were doing that like back and forth. Like you were like, oh, Mark's still sleeping. And I was like, oh, Steve's still sleeping. Anyway, long story short, we didn't get out of the tent till like after nine o'clock, I think. Yeah, it was, that was like one of the better mornings I've had in a long time. Frankly, <laughs> like, Just not, you know, life is so stinking busy. Like just to be able to wake up and just like, oh, I'm comfortable. It's warm inside this tent and the, the sun's on us. Like. Uh, it was just nice, man. Woke up and had a couple cups of coffee and just not to be in a rush. Yeah. It just seems like, uh, I'll say one of the huge benefits for, for getting out and backpacking and hunting is just things slow down. And that was a great example of it that morning. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, we were packed for like a four day hunt and then there we are. And really the first, you know, the first morning after backpacking, the first morning after sleeping out there. And I was like, man, we're tagged out we know how we're getting out of here. Like, let's just relax and enjoy this. We're camped by the river. So as you said, it was just kind of like, wake up, take it easy, soak it in. We didn't, I don't think we started hiking until 1130 maybe. Um, and then we were camped right there at the river. So as we were breaking down camp and, and packing up the packs and all that stuff, it was also, it was like, oh, I shouldn't put on my boots. Oh, I shouldn't put on pants because we're getting right across the river again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I literally was like standing there packing my pack wearing Crocs and boxers. So it's like, that was interesting. 
And uh, yeah, started with a, another crossing, which honestly felt great at that point in time. Actually, you stay, you stood in it for a while, just kind of like, yeah, recovery. I'm going to ice the legs. 30 degrees morning, but it was like, that felt good, man. Ice in the legs. Yeah. Um, stood in there as long as I could. So yeah, that was, uh, that was fun, man. We, we were uh, running some prototypes and got some really good testing on them and some different things that just kind of playing with ideas for future down the road and everything went really well there. That was fun. And um on the way out we were like uh hey let's like anytime i'm in the mountains now with a gun and i'm like the hunting's over with or i'm in an area where i'm maybe hiking in uh and but i know there's not animals or i'm gonna spook anything like the chance to pull out the gun and shoot a rock at the long distance you know just just to get that field experience because it's so different than shooting you know at the range flat you know um and uh so yeah on the way out we're like hey as soon as we We'll find like a water crossing halfway where we stop and refill, refill the Nalgene's and, uh, and shoot some rocks. And so we did that and that was, that was a lot of fun. That was a, um, a great, a great example of, it was like 620 yards or something. And the winds were in our face, uh, kind of going right to left, but mm-hmm. cross Canyon, obviously it was going left to right. Cause we were getting about, uh, I think a full minute of angle, uh, at the 620 yards. So the, the bullet was like getting pushed one way and then enough to go back the opposite way. And yeah, um, certainly makes it like, I don't know how you could ever like shoot that animal in that situation. If there was a bear, bear, deer, elk over there of uh, just impossible to read that wind um, and make a clean ethical shot. We we nailed a rock exactly, you know, but just certainly feel like that was uh, not a um, shot I would take. Yeah, it was right to left on us, but then we're shooting across Canyon and we know it's like, well, water's flowing left to right and down this Canyon, there's probably some left to right winds, even though we're not feeling it in Cincinnati now. And that ended up being the case. Yeah. We ended up making great shots, but it's definitely, uh, is, I mean, it's the same as bow hunting, right? It's like you go out and practice and shoot at 80 or hundred or beyond. And, uh, it was, it was just fun. Like even little stuff and set up in position we were shooting off a tripod and um uphill at a pretty good angle across this canyon and it's just always good to test stuff like that because you can't do it at the range but yeah your first hunt too with the chassis you had the um xlr chassis and um yeah. i brought i put a i got a chassis from a company called mdt um and i've got an xlr chassis and and so on this gun i had the mdt chassis this is my creedmoor and man, I will never hunt without a chassis again, being able to fold up that stock, have the gun profile be lower, like, especially like both those approaches up to the bears, mm-hmm. uh, as brushy as it was, just be able to have the, the gun level with the top of your head, not sticking up. And then also having the gun flush with the bottom of the pack. Um, it's just awesome. Cause you can sit down, uh, and not have the gun hitting. And then, more importantly to me was the pack out of, yeah. you know, we had uh, 85 pound packs each um, and having the gun be able to be again, flush with the bottom of the pack when you've got that heavy pack and be able to take it off and uh, just set it down on the ground and then going under brush. When you've got these heavy packs, you're obviously less, you know, athletic right there. It's a, mm-hmm. a lot more effort to bend over and duck. And um, yeah, that was um if you're out there thinking about getting a chassis gun, holy crap that, uh, um, I will never hunt with a regular gun stock again, period. <laughs> period that's after one hunt. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I was that impressed. Uh, it's just, yeah. yeah. Um, and you're not adding like, I actually dropped 
Uh, I had a carbon stock, a Manners EH1 on my Creedmoor before, and I put this MDT on there. And between the stock and the bottom metal, between the chassis, I actually dropped five ounces out of the system. So it's like I win, win, win. And then uh, also being able to slap um, both the MDT and the, and the XLR chassis have the Arca rails on them and be able to first, it was the first time for me uh, clamp into a tripod when we were shooting cross Canyon. And uh, that's, that's impressive, man. Just one more. It's like, you already got a tripod with an Arca plate on it uh, or an Arca clamp um, being able to throw your gun in there and then use rear support of your trekking poles or your pack. Like it's um, very impressive. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I knew the benefits obviously were there for reducing that overhead profile, which was one of the main reasons I wanted to get a chassis, but it really stood out to me on that heavy pack out. It's like, oh, this is as much of a benefit, if not more after the hunt and not having that buttstock be lower, um, you know, plenty of heavy packs and then the rifle stocks there. And whether you're going to take the pack off and set it down, it's annoying. Or, you know, we had to climb over some pretty big trees several times on the way out. So for me, the one thing I was worried about with this chassis and the XLR in particular, because it's the magnesium is, you know, it's metal, right? So it's like, how cold is it going to be? Um, and as we've talked about on the podcast, one, generally don't have the rifle in my hand a ton. Um, it's usually on the pack. And this obviously depends on the hunts and your shot opportunities. But the times I did have it in hand, um, it didn't bother me. I mean, I honestly didn't think about it till afterwards. It was like, oh, it was, it was cool out, right? Like it's, you know, um, not below freezing when I had it in my hand, but it was still cool enough that metal would be cold and it, it never really bugged me. Um, so obviously that's, you know, in that conditions and that could certainly change, but, um, yeah, I'm excited to just keep, keep hunting with it for sure. So very, very impressed. So yeah, there was that and several other things. We'll probably kind of do some follow-up on, I know for me personally, I had several different kind of gear items and even choices I made that were just new and different just because I'm like, you know, it's a, a spring bear hunt and not, not that it doesn't matter, but I treat it as like some time to test some stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, it's not my main fall hunts. And so, um, I can chat more in the future about, about some of those things. And if you guys have questions, um, you know, about this hunt or anything like that, go ahead and leave us uh, a speak pipe message. So look for that link in the show description where you can just leave us a message. You can ask us a question and we can address some of those on either a future Monday minute, or if we get a ton of questions, maybe we'll just do like a follow-up Q and a about this hunt in particular, but Steve, it was less than 36 hours for sure. Probably closer to, yeah, it was probably right at 36 hours from leaving your house to getting back to the truck with two bears and a lot of adventure and miles and fun along the way. It was, uh, as you said earlier, it's amazing how much fun you can pack in a pretty short time, really. Yeah, we, uh, it was fun. It was just a great experience. Great time. Killed a couple. I mean, uh, obviously that's your first black bear, which is freaking awesome. And, uh, um, you know, it's like, they're not, bears are tricky. Cause it's, it's not like a bowl where you, even though, I mean, obviously sometimes you shoot a bowl and you're like, I don't know if this is 300 or 320 or 330, but bears are, you know, exponentially trickier than that to judge. And it's like, these were very, very nice bears. Um, you know, both, uh, let's say mine's probably 17 and a half to an 18 inch skull and yours is probably 18 to an 18 and a half inch skull. So they're, um, you know, six foot, just beautiful black bears, like great representation of what you want to go out there and shoot and to be able to kill two of them in one day and have that experience. Uh, 
and and do it side by side and get that photo like or it's gonna be uh pretty tough to ever top that hunt yeah yeah if you guys want to see some photos we'll uh we'll get some stuff on our email newsletter. Um, so be sure you subscribe to that. And then also over Instagram, you should be able to go over and we'll be sharing some photos and stuff like that. If you want to see the bears or see more from the hunt. So as always guys, appreciate you tuning in. Um, if you haven't yet hit that subscribe or follow button so that you receive future episodes automatically. And now that we're not in the woods, we'll get back on our regular podcast schedule here and answer some questions on Monday for you guys. Talk to you soon.